You're listening to What's Contemporary Now, a show about culture, the people, places, and things that together make it up. In today's episode, we have the chance to speak to the prolific force behind the viral blue squares and white headlines known as Style.com. First discovering his love affair with culture at the age of 12 when his family gained access to full-time electricity, he found his way online and down the proverbial rabbit hole of things like Tumblr and the fashion spot. Today, he can be seen sitting front row at all of the best shows and actually launched a book this season during Paris Fashion Week. While he's not yet ready to share the instantly recognizable Style.com ball cap with the release of any merchandise, he certainly has no shortage of exciting plans for his growing audience to look forward to. Hi, this is Becca Gvishianif, and we are talking what's contemporary now. Let's start at the moment you tumbled down that proverbial rabbit hole when coming across that bow cover at the newsstand. What sort of world opened up for you after that moment? The same world as the cover. It was gold, beautiful. I remember it was styled by Karin Reutfeld. Everything that I've seen inside the pages was the complete opposite of the world that I was living in, which was like school, going from the teacher to teacher, preparing for the national exams. That was like that gold shiny light Isn't that it? happened to my life when I saw that in the newsstand. But did you not have any interest in fashion before that moment? I did have interest, uh, not particularly in fashion, but in like pop culture, meaning that I was collecting and getting to know all the news from the music, from the movies, from everything's happening outside of my country, but in the context of the magazines. So print magazines was always my interest and even the newspapers that would publish like political news, not only the pop culture. So just the interest of print came to the point that I found everything that I wanted. And with every new month, I was eager to have more and more. So Vogue appeared to be more like next level of development of my reading and collecting of the magazines coming from the standard like pop culture weekly magazines about the show business. I feel like I read somewhere that you only had electricity full-time at home at the age of 12? Yeah, until like 2004, we had the electricity just maybe three days in a month or like maximum five days if we were lucky. But the revolution happened in 2003 Mm -hmm. and we got the new leadership in the country. When I was exactly like 11 or 12, you're right. The electricity came and it never went back. So my introduction actually to the pop culture and to the world and to the MTV and the internet started that time. And that was when you went on to start your Tumblr page and all of the other bells and whistles that ultimately brought you to where you are today. Uh, You know, Tumblr page actually was after that Vogue cover discovery, right after a few months. First, I became the member of the forum that's called Fashion Spot, Mm -hmm. which was the biggest forum where all the fashion insiders and outsiders everyone who just loved fashion used to gather together and talk about fashion magazines and the covers and editorials as if it was like the big scientific thing like I can imagine like NASA scientists talking about the life on Mars we were talking about the cover of the magazines and the placement of the layout or the models on the photographers uh, in that way So after I made a few thousands of posts on that forum, I decided I wanted to go bigger and I went to Tumblr and that was my first own digital page that I was creating and curating where I was publishing only covers of fashion magazines and editorials 
through the Twitter page. That was actually when I first started to publish my voice in this huge world that's called the internet. It was also something new for me because really in my neighborhood, uh, we were like five families who had access of the internet. Mm. But I was already deep into this fashion world that time. And that was what year? Let's say it was like 2010. Well, that was something else I wanted to touch upon. Obviously, Katie Grant is quite well known for her ability to discover things and people yeah. quite early on and oftentimes before the rest. Yeah. You were doing show reviews for Love Magazine around that time in the early 2010s. How did that happen? Actually, I was doing the fashion magazine reviews first. The time when I decided to promote my Tumblr page on my Twitter page, because Twitter was happening that time for the fashion world because there was no Instagram. So I started publishing covers and editorials where I was tagging everyone, starting from the model to photographer, to the nail, especially to the hair colorist, like everyone who was included in the shoot. And at some point I was finding the editorials and the covers of the magazines on the agency who represents particular photographer or nail artist. They sometimes publish editorials earlier than actual magazine was out. Mm -hmm. So I was finding all these pictures. I want to be like first one to share all this info. And I remember I published some of Love Magazine editorial counter when Katie was just starting Love Magazine. And I remember... She wrote me on Twitter in DMs like, you are like faster than light finding all the editorials and the covers. So I wanted to do something with you. And she offered to do like September issue reviews, as you know, like the most important month in the magazine world. So I said yes. And we did a review of 10 or 15 fashion magazines. And then she sent me the biggest gift that time that she could made me like all the Love Magazine covers, like cover options, because they used to do like multi-cover options, Mm -hmm. all the issues that were out before, because actually I had already some of my own that I bought, but I was missing the other cover options. So she sent me everything. It was like package, maybe 10 or 12 kilograms, like huge, huge package that I had my friend help to take from DHL. And I still have most of them kept in my home where I live now. And then it's surreal that after exactly like 10, 11 years, we collabed again through my new page that I have now and did like full August. We did like reviews and like the memories of the fashion shows, favorites from the designers to models to myself and Katie. So she was always in between somewhere every five years. We were finding like some touches with each other and at some point, Maybe we can do more together and I will be very excited and interested to work with Katie more because she's one of the first who noticed me and admired my love of fashion. She definitely has that history with a lot of different people. And I noticed both the beginning as well as that recent collaboration you just mentioned. So making a move into style.com, something I find incredibly fascinating is that we currently live in this world that's governed by algorithms which favor moving image and all of these sort of complex visuals that garner attention. And yet you've kind of gone the other direction, keeping things very simple. The aesthetic is repetitious and not complex by any means, short captions. What is it about that process that you think has made it so successful? First of all, 
it comes my love for the headlines and magazine covers yet again. Mm -hmm. So besides the picture of the magazine cover or like the editorial entrance page, I was always interested to see what was the cover line saying. And I remember Vogue Italia during the time of Franca Sazani, they would just put one word or like one sentence on a cover and that was enough to say what they wanted to say. And even the headline on the cover of the magazine can make you buy the magazine and actually it could be at some point just to sell like the entire issue. So that actually came from me saying like I was always attracted with the cover lines or headlines or the titles, even like the stores in the streets, everything that had like big bold letters. And then during the pandemic, I was a bit lazy out of all the works that we just could not do physically. I was saying, I want to get into the bigger fashion world. And that could be the way that I could put inside. And then I see like everyone does the image, everyone does the picture. And at some point coming from the books, there were no pictures featured. The word can make you feel and understand things better and in a bigger way than actual picture or the video. So that made me think, okay, nowadays who does the wording? It's the reviews of the fashion shows that you have to go to the web browser. You have to type and you have to search the particular article and you read several minutes to find the main information. And I had always this eye that my eyes usually go straight to the main sentence of the article besides the headline. So I decided to start using that and put out this on a headline. So at some point when some information comes from the bigger article that I read somewhere, let's say in the bigger publication, Vogue or New York Times or BOF, when I put out the one sentence that's inside the big article, that becomes a headline. So at some point it changes its context, it becomes bigger. So my love of headlines made me to this point that I decided, let's say, not put any pictures or videos and let the word say itself. And it kind of also became this investigative thing because people come and to say to me, when you post something, we are eager to go to the page or to go to Google and find out more about that because sometimes I just say go to like some brand Instagram to see last post and if it's on time, you just need to go and if you are really interested and find that page on the other brand's page or somewhere. So this comes from my childhood that my grandfather used to buy magazines or newspapers and the title was attracting me. <laughs> so I now attract people with the titles. And what was the tipping point where you found people really responding to that kind of approach and what those titles were that you were sharing? Actually, to be quite honest, it was from the very start because I started the page in September 2021. Mm -hmm. And it was when the fashion weeks were coming back from the pandemic and first physical shows were starting to happen again. And, you know, when I started to test this, actually, it was a bit stupid because I posted something like Chanel is a French fashion brand. And then I posted like, Gucci is an Italian fashion brand. It was just for testing for me, for my friends. And people started sharing that. Some of them commented it was stupid and some of them shared and that said, okay, this is stupid, but this is fun. <laughs> then the fashion week started. And when it was Paris Fashion Week, and you remember the Balenciaga red carpet show when they also <laughs> debuted the Simpsons episode. So that was the time when I actually started, okay, let's report about the show, like in a way that you do live posting or live tweeting. And I started 
Simpsons at Balenciaga, standing ovations at uh, Balenciaga for them. Uh, Naomi at Balenciaga and there is a red carpet, is a runway at Balenciaga. So people really started sharing and I remember it was Loïc Prigent, one of the first who started to share my posts because I posted something about every Saturday morning means Loïc's video for me and if it's also same for you, it means you love fashion very much. So Loix reposted that and some people reposted the Balenciaga post. And then I remember I started posting people's birthdays or like explaining what means W in GW Anderson, which means William. So it means like Jonathan William Anderson. So things like that, that people kind of know, but they don't really know. They have to be reminded or why the Hermes packaging is orange right now and it was not always orange. These things that are already on the table and you put out and remind people, that's where they started to responding. So I can say that with first 500 followers, half of them were already industry insiders. I'm lucky to have all the people who I was posting about, they started to come in from the very beginning. But then Fashion Week time is always the bigger one. Mm-hmm. So when I traveled to the first Fashion Week under style.com last year, January, and when I attended the Louis Vuitton men's show, an Ami Paris show, that were the times when I started live reporting from the show. So suddenly my followers started to increase like 100% like each day. What was your invite or what was your in to those particular opportunities going to those two shows? I was invited by Ami Paris in uh, January last year. Uh, I was accepted to the uh, invite through the Instagram. It was super last minute. So I ran directly from the airport even my first invitation was like I already felt like I kind of made it and then I started posting every detail from the shows that was happening there starting from the model casting to the soundtrack to the people I met there and that was when actually I realized that it's happening this is what I want and that I should do and the rest it happened uh, in a way that I still sometimes feel like it's a big dream that it's happening to me and I'm kind of still sleeping because today I was talking to my friend and she was like, did you really do all of this in one year? I said, yes. And when I looked back and I realized uh, it's really fascinating to do it in like 365 days. You also had the intuition to purchase StyleKnot.com back in 2015, right? Yep. I did. Actually, I did it because when style.com closed, I was so sad about that. I made a t-shirt and a jacket saying style.com in 2015. And I went to Fashion Week in Paris and I was wearing that t-shirt in the showroom of the brand that I was presenting. It was a Georgian brand that was presenting in Paris, like a regular showroom. So I was like selling the brand in the showroom. And I remember Sarah Andelman of Colette, she came and she liked to look at my t-shirt and she smiled at it and she said like it's super smart so it was worth playing that there is no more style.com so it mm-hmm. became style.com and I said maybe one day I will need this domain so I just went to GoDaddy paid like $12 so ever since I was renewing this domain ownership and today it redirects to my Instagram page mm-hmm. so it was not planned but I was already thinking of something I would apply this name on, but I did not know what it would be. It could be a 
closing line. It could be like some installation. It could be some pop-up. It could be some other thing, but it appears what it is today. And the actual use of the blue and the white, was that literally taken from Colette as an inspiration or yeah. is that just assumed by the public? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. It is because again, I was again sad when the Colette store was closed because it was like my church and like sure, religion. Sure. You go to the church and you visit so religiously. I used to take the hotels booked near the Colette. So I had the excuse to walk in front of it every day. So I used to walk every day and buy all these small stupid things because I could not really afford to buy like expensive things, but most of them that I still have, I have in my like small souvenir collection. And it's incredible that today, like I can have a Sarah Andelman's WhatsApp so I can message her and ask about advice because she's one of the people who I always can ask the advice. And it's so interesting what she thinks about everything. and. To receive even like Christmas gift from Sarah Andelman, this is something like unthinkable so that amazing. I could never imagine. But today it's a reality. And I mean, the shade of blue, it's two or three shades a bit brighter than Colette, but mm-hmm. I made it to pop up into your eyes. But the inspiration comes from it and Sarah knows that and she's happy about that. I mean... She has no problem about that. We love that. And you actually have a master's in strategic communications. And I'm always curious about the utility of formal education in the real world. Do you think it's shown up in the success that you're having today? Or how would you correlate the two? No. No. (laughs) I can say no. I have the bachelor degree of the finance and business administration. So again, I say no. But... What actually is my background? It's that I was working already in fashion here in Georgia with the local and some international brands. First dedicated to one brand and then having my creative agency, which is called Ariel Bold. Mm-hmm. Like the most basic font in the computer, which is super similar. What I use also on style.com is the Instagram font, but it's also inspired by Ariel Bold. They are very, very similar. So that's what is actually helping me because I did everything from sales assisting to being the brand manager to closing production to the shoot production to the PR and marketing. And then I understand everyone what they are doing and why they are doing. So that's what helping me because I understand the wholesale pricing, how it's calculated and how you get the final pricing Mm -hmm. or the quality of the fabrics and which comes from Italy and from Turkey and what's behind the show production and how all the details are calculated in advance and how Instagram influencer partnerships should be done. So this is the background that I witnessed on myself. So actually that helps me a lot. I think if I did not study any of them, I could be still who I am with a real life experience. And everything that you've just explained, are those the offerings of your creative agency, Ariel Bold? Is that what you guys uh, do? Part, mm-hmm. part. So we don't do any commercial stuff. We don't do any sales, wholesale or like brand financial consulting. I did that in a brand that I was working for five years as a general manager. So I come from this background, but I was tired of doing that. And I had creative shoot ideas and campaign ideas more than 
calculating things in Excel, mm-hmm. I decided to move to that point. So I left that brand and I started creative agency and we do the creative direction and shoot production for local Georgian brands and for the international brands like H&M, but for the local campaigns, because they want to have someone who understands the local needs. Mm-hmm. So we apply the international to the local, but then we have brands from abroad coming like small brands, like upcoming brands. They have limited budget, but since production is very cheap compared to international markets, they really prefer to work with us. So they just send their products and sometimes concept, or we offer them our concept. We do it much, much cheaper. To be honest, that's one of the reasons. But then they since continue working with us. So we also like the creative direction that we offer to them. We mostly work on that side event and shoot and runway production rather than financing. I hate doing uh, Excel's. Yeah, I think few people enjoy that process. Yeah. So given the speed with which things have evolved and really grown for you professionally and personally, what really stands out as those hero kind of moments? Was it a particular show you had the chance to attend or someone that you got the chance to meet after several years or what really jumps out? Let's say everything starting from Team Blanks hugging me at the Bottega Veneta show in February last year. Continuing to, again, Team Blank saying to me that I should run for president of fashion one day, maybe, or attending the Saloran men's show in the Marrakesh desert with 200 people in the middle of nowhere. I mean, Marrakesh desert, that Saloran show, the combination of wording, even it's surreal, mm-hmm. not mention even being there. Or then BOF writing the article about me and... I'm making my first Vogue cover. I I mean, can you imagine? I mean, when I repeat this wording, I still have goosebumps because the guy who was collecting the money to get the Vogue magazine because it costed same as my weekly allowance for school. I did my own Vogue cover dedicated to everything happening to Ukraine using my blue squares as a cover and coming up with a text on it. And then meeting people, like having Naomi following my page and writing to me. I mean, there is a lot. I cannot even name what was the biggest, but Vogue and Team Blanks could be the biggest moments. And of course, Sarah Andelman meeting with me and having coffee with her. But everyone in fashion, like former style.com people like Nicole and Luke, mm-hmm. I mean, they are asking where they can get my cap, uh, what I'm wearing. And again, meeting Katie Grant once again. And just, there is a lot. That's a good question though. Are you going to be selling merch? No. <laughs> okay, why not? I mean, why? Because I mean, I want this cap to be like unique. So it's just for me, mm-hmm. but maybe here and there is a surprise for the birthday. Some people could get, and it's not easy to produce because they are like this quantity order minimum so that you have to produce. So you cannot do just like one or two, mm-hmm. you have to do a lot and you have to personalize them. I mean, not this year, but it's better to be a surprise rather than like, okay, I'm going to do cap in like April or July. But I was offered like, let's say like five to 10 different people, brands, companies to make a call up, but then they also want to put their brand name on. But I don't think that's going to be authentic. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Speaking of surprises, what 
sort of things does the world have to look forward to seeing from style.com? No, there is two. Mm-hmm. It's like extension of the style not come in a different format. Mm-hmm. And it's the realization of my longtime dreams. And people who have read my interviews, they can understand that mm-hmm. more or less. The second and the other extension is also another format of style.com, but I really want to test it. I'm not going to say that it's going to be immediately published because it will take few tests and few times, but probably for the June, it's going to be out in this world. But I'm thinking to still keep it on Instagram, but it's the broader extension. It takes time to have it in a good quality. And I also want to ask the industry thoughts about that. So I will check with few people also have their ideas. And during the summer men's fashion weeks, it will be out in a quality way, in a bigger way. Gotcha. Well, I'm going to ask a question that may or may not pertain to this particular surprise. And given publishing schedules, all will be well. You are someone who's garnered a great deal of both attention and success, as well as influence within the digital space. And you have a clear understanding of digital media in and of itself. What is it about print that is so appealing to you as a future goal? You know, I feel like it's one of the things that will be here with us forever, because for me, even with having this digital platform that I'm doing, I still go back to those old magazines and the books that still inspired me. And I feel like this is something to stay with us forever. The things that you have to touch and feel and smell are the things that will never go out for me. And the same is for the runway shows, because you remember how during the pandemic we were thinking like, oh, everything is going to go digital and a few runway shows may stay. But look, everything is fully back and no one wants to do digital runways anymore. And everyone wants this physical connection and attending physically all the runway shows. and. Still, the prestige and luxury touch and the feeling of something that you have to look at back. It's like the film photos that you take back and you always go back and they always have this moment and the sense of the feeling because they capture the moment so well because they capture the print quality of the moment. They capture the context and concept of the photography and the writing style of the people of that moment. So like pausing the time of that moment, it does uh, better than anything else. In digital, everything can be edited. You can always go back and edit, but you can never edit and touch print because what's printing, that's printing. You can never change that. So I feel like this Freezing in time and some point for me, it's very valuable. So for me, this is the big, big attraction still. Like time machine, you have this going back and always looking back. Like like now when I'm recording this, I'm looking in front of me, like old issues of Vogue Paris and Italia. And almost every Sunday when I'm at home, I travel in time and I still get so much inspiration. And if I do something like that, I want it to be also a reminder of that particular time. Do you think of yourself as someone who's nostalgic or romantic? Always, Mm. always. I mean, look at my page. Basically, Mm -hmm. it's nostalgic. (laughs) I mean, style.com plus Colette, two nostalgic things. And today 
I posted the video of like 10 years back how men's fashion week looked and it's the video of Tim Blanks interviewing people who were doing things during that time in fashion. So I went back and it's still a nostalgic time for me. I mean, I even have the tattoo that says that I have to go forward always, but I'm always inspired to the past and I'm that guy who thinks that without past, there is no future. I mean, mm. I'm that boy. Well, speaking of dreams that come true, who remains that you really hope to have the chance to meet out of all the icons that are still alive that you've obviously followed for years? I mean, some people are already dead and I would really love to meet Karl Lagerfeld <laughs> if he was alive. From those who is alive, I mean, one day I would absolutely love to meet Anna Wintour. Mm -hmm. Or I have the meeting with Karin Reutfeld actually on a coffee next week. And this is one of my dream meetings because I've just met her briefly after one fashion show for like 10 seconds, but it was like super, super, super quick. And she's one of the people who made me love fashion. And another one is Kate Moss. I met Kate maybe five years ago when she had a book signing in the store in Paris, but it was like a different kind of meeting. So she just signed and I just said like, I love you. <laughs> but to have a chance to meet in like in a bigger way and have like few more minutes to talk with her could be interesting. To be honest, I kind of met many people already who I was dreaming to meet. All the living designers, Mucha Prada would be one of the top top. And one of my dreams is to slide to the slider that she has in the office. You know that she has oh, this. Of course. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. that's a meeting to meet Mucha and then slide into that. I love that. I have a feeling all of these things will come to pass. And last question, we would love to hear what your thoughts are on what's contemporary now. I think uh, everything that comes from your heart and mind that's contemporary to you right now. It's not a particular thing because I thought the nostalgia was contemporary, so I did it in case of my page. But it was coming from my heart. Absolutely. Sometimes, like you said earlier, looking back is looking forward. And if that's not contemporary, then Absolutely. I'm not sure what is. Yes, exactly. Because look at everything, what we feel to contemporary now and Every artist explaining their first sentence is, you know, I was looking back to that. So stop there. They all went, looked back to something or someone or somewhere. Even the designers, even the designers, when I hear about their collection inspirations, oh, you know, I was looking back to that. So that's the past. Yeah, of course. Archives are a huge part of that <laughs> process. Yeah. Beautiful as always. Thank you so much for your time today. I really thank enjoyed our you, conversation. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much for your interest. I feel contemporary now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you very much are. Thanks for listening to this episode of What's Contemporary Now. A special thanks to our show's producer, Cheyenne Asadi, who makes it all possible. Original theme music by Joseph Top Miller and Chase Coughlin of The Black Soft. And visual design by Aaron Marr and Graham Prentice. Subscribe now to be the first to hear new episodes and for more content follow us on Instagram at What's Contemporary or visit us online at whatscontemporary.com. 